Ion 2020 episode 157. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. That brings you news, events, things that are going on in the 2020 election. Every single day, Monday through Friday, I am making sure that you are well-informed, that you know the candidates, their policies, their positions, libertarian stances on those positions, things like that. You know, that's what I try to do every single day for you, Monday through Friday, because I want to make sure that you guys are the most well-informed people in your family and in your social networks and in your groups and all that. Uh, just so that it's important to have have all of that stuff down so that when you get into those conversations, you can lead them in a direction towards liberty. Because that is what we need to protect in this world as of recently is liberty. It seems like it's being attacked on all sides, even from the Republicans, even from the Democrats, even from the left and the right. It seems like everyone is willing to negotiate on their principles. And it seems like nobody has a principled stance on a lot of issues I've even heard, like, with the gun debates lately, you know, people are saying, yeah, maybe we should, uh, maybe Congress should pass laws, you know, that are not in favor of the Second Amendment. Maybe they should start passing laws to ban gun ownership or start to pass laws that are going to do these criminal background checks and things on every single purchase, no matter what, even if it's a private purchase. Even if it's just two individuals that want to sell their stuff, they, they should be able to have some kind of some kind of right to infringe upon that. And I don't think that's the case, because that is just one step towards a more totalitarian look at the government. For example, you start off with guns, but then it moves on to having to register every sale that you ever do without anything. You know, like, where does it stop? We don't want to, we want to block anything like that. But a lot of people are willing to negotiate on that particular issue. And I don't want to get too far into it. I know everyone has different perspective on gun ownership, but I got into a little bit of a battle on with somebody over the last couple of days when I responded to something that Congressman uh, Thomas Massey had posted, something to the effect of uh, it took six or it took five police officers, fifty-six bullets, in order to take down the gunman that was shooting people up in uh, Ohio over the weekend, and. 56 bullets, that's amazing, right? 56 shots at this guy, and then they finally took him down. Imagine 5 to 10 people coming into your house in a home invasion. And then someone said, oh, well, what? where do you live where you're going to have 5 or 6 people, or 10 people coming into your house during a home invasion? And if you look at the news, it happens all the time where multiple people come in and do a home invasion. Home invasion is more than just burglary, guys. Home invasion is when somebody's home and they break down your door, break down your windows, and they come into your house. That's the technical analysis of a home invasion. It's just not a burglary. Burglary comes when there's only, I guess when there's nobody there. 
But when there's somebody there, they, they define it as a home invasion. And that is the worst possible scenario to be in. 56 bullets took down, took, taken to take down one gunman. Imagine four or five guys. And this person had the audacity to say that that never happens in America. And if you look on the news, I mean, I typed in multiple, multiple intruders during a home invasion. And you look at the news, you just go to Google it. And it comes up with pages of it. Pages of news stories on different scenarios where this has happened. And if you don't have a gun in your house, you call 911. You go hide, you call 911. You are lucky to make it out of that situation alive if they really wanted to kill you. Or if they really wanted to hurt you or they really wanted to harm you. Most likely they're coming to steal stuff. But there are sickos out there, man. And you need to be able to protect yourself. So you should have high capacity rounds. You should be able to have the gun that you need. I mean, I even go so far as to say that somebody that is a criminal, has a criminal history even, should be able to get a gun after they've served their time and they've done, gone through the whole process. As long as they're not going to offend again, you know? They should have the right to defend themselves as well. But that's my extreme view. A lot of people didn't hold that view. But you should have the right to defend yourself. A ten mag, a clip with 10 bullets in it, I don't know that that's going to be able to take down 5, 6, 10 people. You better be accurate on point every single time. Maybe you fire a warning shot in the air first. Hey, I'm here. I got a gun. You better get out of my house. And then they still come at you. What do you do at that situation? <clears throat> but someone on Twitter was saying that, oh, where, did you, where do you live? You need to move to a new neighborhood. Do you think that people that are doing home invasions are doing it in the poor neighborhood? Yeah, maybe there's a drug dealer living there or something. But if they're going to do a home invasion where they're going to rob somebody and take all, try to take all their stuff or harm them, it can be done in any neighborhood no matter what. Whether it's the Beverly Hills, the hills of Beverly Hills, you know? To the poorest neighborhood in Alabama. It can happen anywhere in the United States. And you need to have the protection. You do. And these people want to take away the right to have that protection. They'll do everything. They're going to try to infringe upon that right. They want to take away what they call military assault rifles that are just a normal gun that looks scary. That's all that is. They want to go to that that extreme level. They want to do the criminal background checks on these people. All of the people that have done these horatious, or these, these horrible acts, right? All of those people that have done those have been people who would have passed a background check. The one gunman down in El Paso, his mother called the cops on him because he went out and bought an AK-47 style rifle. Went out and bought one of those. His mother said, wow, that looks scary. She called the cops. The cops said, you know what? He's a law-abiding citizen. He passed a background check. He doesn't, I mean, I don't even know if you have to have a background check for a rifle, but he's a law-abiding citizen. He's 21 years old. Uh, No, we can't go in there and take it away from him. That's his right to have it. And then he went out and did this thing, you know? But there's no way to stop somebody like that. A background check wouldn't have stopped him. He still would have gotten that rifle. His, he's a criminal. He's somebody that's willing to murder people if he's 
looking to find a gun, there's going to be a black market for guns. It's the way it is. Like that if it's sold legally, at least you have some kind of some kind of receipt that shows who bought it. But on the black market, I mean, he's going to get a gun no matter what. I just don't think that that's the solution. I said it on the show on Monday. The solution is a cultural solution. It's the fact that people are willing to go shoot up multiple people. They're willing to go out in that blaze like that. It's not the gun. It's not the person. It's not the system of buying guns. It's none of that. And then they want to have the red flag laws. These red flag laws where anybody can tell on anybody for having a gun. That, oh, he's crazy. Oh, he's a wife beater. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. You don't think that's going to be abused? You don't think that's going to be... Oh, the, the government's not going to abuse that law? You don't think an estranged wife would abuse that law or an estranged husband would abuse that law? The woman really pisses off the husband or the ex-husband. She goes out and buys a gun to defend herself and he comes back and says, oh, she's crazy and tells the cops that and they have the right to go take that gun away from her for three days or until there's a court hearing and the courts are backed up. Yeah. Yeah. And then she has no way to defend herself against a crazy husband who's willing to do that. That's sick to me that people would say that. Because the reason why people buy guns a lot of times is not to deer hunt. It's not. That's not the reason why everyone goes out and buys guns. A lot of people do. But a lot of times it's for self-defense as well. And if you're looking to defend yourself and then somebody has the ability to have your gun taken away from you that is, oh, I'm an ex-husband, or, oh, I'm her husband, but we've been separated for two years. They don't tell him that. And she really pissed me off, and I want to go harm her. She should have the right to defend herself, and there should be no red flag law in that situation to go have it confiscated from her or taken away until there's a court hearing in a backed-up court system. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not a legislative issue. It's not the government coming in and having more laws or restricting people's gun rights, law-abiding citizens' gun rights. It's not. That's not the solution. The solution is a cultural one. The solution is the fact that this country... I mean, there's, there's hundreds of reasons why this stuff could happen. Everyone tries to boil it down to one simple thing. But... I mean, a lot of this the, the, this whole so-called white supremacy stuff that's going on right now is the fact that there is such division within this country. There's, everyone's trying to protect their own, their own turf in that sense, right? They are. I mean, I think that, I think that there's something going on. I mean, this is, uh, this is fallout from something that's going on culturally right now, guys. So it's, uh, specifically the El Paso shooting... It seems like the one in Dayton, Ohio, he was all over the board philosophically. He was a, a liberal. He was somebody that, you know, empathizes with Elizabeth Warren. He called Bernie Sanders Elizabeth Warren like the Democratic dream team and that they, the progressive dream team or something like that. And that he was supportive of them and stuff. I mean, but no one's calling out Elizabeth Warren as like somebody that's perpetuating this guy's violence or anything like that. And then the other guy in El Paso was talking about 
automation and he was kind of anti-automation, but he was kind of for automation in some ways as well, it seemed like. But he was talking about that. I mean, that's Andrew Yang's tagline right there. Are they saying that it's his fault that they went out and did it? No, they want to blame Trump in some ways, right? And I don't think that's right either. It's a, it's actually a blame on the system. It's the entire political system that has these kids disenfranchised like that. It is. We have a country. I was thinking about this the other day, guys. We have a country of over 300 million people. And you're trying to, they're trying to fit it in as if, like, everyone's the same. All Americans are the same. We're one country. We're all one culture. But that is not true. Absolutely. There's a different culture in California. There's a different culture in New England. There's a different culture in the Midwest. There's a different culture in the South. There's a different culture in Miami. There's a different culture in Southern Mexico. Like, it's a, we're a, we're a plethora of different cultures in this country. And when you have a centralized government that's trying to do all things for all people and be all things for all people, then the the leaders, since the leaders are start trying to divide everybody up, and that's what they do. They divide everybody up into different segments and different groups. The Republicans have the self in the Midwest. The Democrats have the coastal areas, and then they have the blacks, and they have this, and they have that, and the Republicans have this group and that group and the gun owners, but they're trying to divide everybody up, and it's because the government is so huge that allows this division to happen. When we're we're different cultures within within one country in some ways, there is a southern culture, there's a Hispanic culture, there's a Cuban culture. There's the New England culture. There's all these different areas have different cultures and different groups and different different needs, different desires. And the politicians in Washington have made it so all they do is divide on both sides, left and the right. They divide. And it benefits them to get them reelected, to get them the donations that they need for their campaigns. And it gets them back into office. And what we need to do is see that for what it is and realize that we need to decentralize the government in that way. Yes, you can get to the point where all the government does is what's constitutional from what the original intent was. You can get to that. I think that you can. But it does so much now that we're on this, we're so far away from an original intent constitutional government. We are. The government has so much that it's taken over. And it uses the money that it has to hang over the heads of the of the different states. I mean, the Department of Education withholds funds from schools that don't do what they tell it to do. So every school district is going to do exactly what the Department of Education says it should do. Like, they have that control. But they just have so much control over the states when what we need to do is decentralize that government, bring it back to the states, bring it back to the localities. And the reason why is because the states know what's best for their people. The local governments, the local municipalities know best for their for their own people. They don't know what's best for the people in California. Why should someone in South Carolina 
be able to vote for something that would affect somebody in California of all places. It's a completely different state. It's a completely different region of the world in that way. If you didn't have lines in the map, they deal with different problems than we do. They deal with earthquakes. They deal with the Pacific Ocean. They deal with trade with China a lot more than we do in South Carolina. We deal with hurricanes. We deal with different natural disasters than they do. We deal with different problems than they do. We have different growing seasons than they do. Everything's different. I mean, the people are different. So it needs to be decentralized. We need to get to the point where we're taking that power away from the federal government and moving it towards the localities, man. Start with the states, then move to the counties. But let's start pulling apart that government in that way. We don't need more legislation for gun laws. We don't. There's laws in the books already. They're probably too stringent as it is. But what we need to do is realize that it's a cultural problem. And I guess this is the second time I've talked about this 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 particular week, so I'm sorry that I'm maybe sound repeti- repetitious, but I just got really upset about all this talk about these red flag laws, and I've heard a lot of people saying that what they should do is compromise on this issue. But this isn't one that you compromise on. The federal government should not have control over whether you have a gun or not. It's not a national issue. It's a local issue. All they're using it to do is divide people more. And then everyone's going to hold their ground on what they believe, and it's going to piss more people off, and it's going to, they're going to use it to divide people even more. That's what they do. And I kind of mentioned this on my, on my um, tweet to somebody else about this whole issue, is that you should not take away the uh, potential for somebody to defend themselves. The great equalizer is having a gun, right? There's a woman walking down the street that's going to get raped. There's a man following her. He comes up behind her. She has access to a pistol. He might be he might be the biggest bodybuilder in the world. And she's equal to him in power by the fact that she has a pistol in her hand. Okay? The scrawniest man on earth is getting robbed by somebody. He's equal to the strongest person on earth when he has a pistol in his hand. The defense is defense is important. Police are not going to respond. Police are not always going to be there. Police are scared to go to some places in the inner city. Why would they even think about going to those places when they know that they're not welcome and they might get shot at? They wouldn't. So if you're in the inner city, it's even more important. I can't. I don't know who it was. There, there's a there's a gentleman from. Uh, Philadelphia, Black Guns Matter, I I don't remember what his name is, but that's what he talks about a lot. It's like the the ownership of weapons in the inner city, because that's the most dangerous place to be in America. That's some of the most dangerous places to be is in, you know, the inner city in Chicago and different places. So it's important that they have the ability to defend themselves. And Democrats want to take that away from them. There's not going to be enough cops on the streets to protect every single person from every single crime. And you never see the statistics, right? You don't see the statistics on it when the cops you know, get to the scene of crime and it's already gone away. 
because the person pulled out a pistol. You don't see those statistics. All you got to do is show the pistol, get out of my house, and they go. You don't see that. I don't know that it goes in the police reports. But how many times how many times does that happen in America every single day? Who knows? But if you look up home invasions, four men going into a house, you I, I saw three cases yesterday, I think it was, that it happened in the news. And then you go through the list and there's tons of them. So you need to be able to protect yourself. And that's it. That's all there is to it. So yeah, it just frustrated me when I heard people talking about compromising on the issue. It's not a compromisable issue. It's not one that we should give an inch on because it's a cultural issue. It's the, it's the damn politicians dividing the people that allow somebody to do that. Now, what makes people go into a school and shoot it up? Like, There's a different reason why someone would go out there and do what they did in El Paso or in Texas, or excuse me, or in uh, Ohio. There's different reasons for that than somebody going to a school. But we need to figure out why they would do that. Is it a bullying issue? Is it just an issue of these absolutely humongous 5A schools of 3,000 students? And it's very easy to go under the radar at that point. It's very easy to just be anonymous in that type of school. It's very easy to just be picked on and be picked on constantly. That's the way high school students are. And you have 3,000 of them? You have one kid getting picked on by 150, 200 students that are trying to be cool in their little group? Yeah, that can really make somebody that is antisocial go crazy and be willing to do something like that. But when you have a, a 1A school or a 2A school, when your entire class is a couple hundred kids then you might have four or five kids picking them. Then they just look like jerks and bullies. But when you quadruple that, yeah, that's that, that, that can drive people crazy, I'm sure, especially an antisocial student. So, I mean, I've always thought it was the large schools. But who knows? There's different reasons for everyone's reason. You know, everyone has different reason for doing that. So what we need to do is find the problem. Let's find the reasons for the problems rather than just trying to mask it over by more legislation. But politicians, that's all they know. That's all politicians know is legislation, right? If there's a problem, what pass a law. That's what they say. But we don't need more laws, guys. But yeah, that's just what I want to talk about to you on this Friday. A nice, light issue like that. I'm sorry that I got way too serious. It's Friday, though. It is Friday. You got a whole weekend ahead. I don't know if you work on the weekends or not. I do not work on the weekends, and I don't record this show on the weekends either. Well, I do on Sunday night, but um, hopefully y'all have a nice weekend planned. I am having my in-laws in town. They are in Tennessee right now uh, doing some touches, touching up on their house, and they're actually going to drive down to visit us on their way back home to Florida. So uh, we'll be hanging out with them for a little bit. I look forward to that, and I also uh, look forward to seeing y'all come back on Monday. But if you can, do it really fast, Okay. Now that the show's over, subscribe to the show if you liked what you heard. If you didn't like what you hear, hey, subscribe to the show anyway. Sometimes you need to have a different point of view than what you're used to. Um, or if you just didn't like the show at all, hey, whatever. Um, you don't have to come back then, I guess. But if you did like what you hear, subscribe to the show and uh, come on back on Monday, okay? You'll be able to do that if you subscribe. And then give me a five-star rating and review. That's always very helpful to me as well.
helps with those algorithms. And if you like the show a lot, like to the point where you're willing to, uh, to, to go ahead and, you know, give me some money, then you can do that. And you can do that at, um, I, excuse me, it's going to be at anchor.fm slash ion2020. Okay. If you do that, you'll be able to support the show at a $2.99, $4.99 or a $9.99 support level. And by supporting the show, I have a secret Facebook group that I will get you into. Okay. And uh, there we just talk about, you know, issues. I actually just started up and I'm bringing in, uh, I bring up different issues throughout the, throughout the day when, as they come up in my mind as well, just to get some conversation starters going. So yeah, you can do that. But, uh, I am the empire.com is my website. Check me out there. And I am the empire on Facebook and on Twitter. You can find me there as well. All right. And then come on back on Monday and you'll have clear vision for 2020.